Hello and welcome to Advisor Gold, The Missing Allocation, the show where financial professionals learn the why, how, and what to help their clients own physical gold and silver. This podcast is designed to complement the training at goldandsilveradvisors.com. I'm your host, Kerry Morris. I work with clients and run a financial planning practice every day, and we've used physical metals in our financial plans for nearly a decade. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Ryan Long, second generation in the gold and silver business and president of National Gold Consultants, which only promotes their business through a large advisor network. If you're a consumer listener to this podcast, welcome. This is not financial, legal, or tax advice. It's education, folks, and you're welcome to have your advisor reach out to us, or you can email us directly with your question. In this episode, we answer the question, how much physical gold and silver should I recommend my client buy? This is one of the five key questions covered in the client presentation videos, and therefore it's incredibly important for you to understand. The way you approach this question will determine whether your client is adequately protected or not from future financial storms. Now here's my conversation with Ryan. Well, hello everybody. This is Carrie and Ryan here today, and we're going to answer the question, how much should my client buy? How much should my client buy, Ryan? That's that's something that we teach in all the training, right? And it's even in my three little uh, compliance approved consumer video pack, right? It covers it right in there. But yet you consistently see uh, an inconsistency in uh, advisors placing people in the amount of metals that would really do them some good long-term, right? You see these little things. So so let's talk about that. How much should my client buy? Where, do, where, do they, where should they start their thinking? Well, I mean, just like any other allocation, we need to, you know, Kara, we talked about this off air, uh, reverse, reverse, you know, engineer our, our thought process on income planning. And, and in this case, we can just start this topic off, Carrie, is saying, you know, we cover this in the training, goldensilveradvisors.com in just absolute detail that would, you know, give you some nausea probably. But the, the 10 to 15% of the client's nest eggs, their assets, is the proper allocation for this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the reason for that is, is historically, when you go back and, you, you know, we've both looked at this historically, that's kind of the, the number, the percentage that it landed on to be able to provide that wealth insurance protection, provide that counterbalance. You know, we don't want the client, frankly, to have to put any more into it than they need to for that wealth insurance. You know, even as the guy who owns National Go Consultants, that's what you teach. You know, that's not so much the way the industry looks at it out here. You know, quick story. I don't want to forget. I just popped in my mind. I was talking to the lady several months ago. This particular retailer had already sold her probably already 20% or so. And she was talking to me, kind of complaining about the situation. It had already, it had lost a bunch of value because they upcharged her so much. And, and I remember responding to her and saying, well, they, before she told me, I said, well, they probably recommended you put half in it. And she goes, that's exactly what they told me, oh, you know? So, so that we're really trying to teach you today that this 10 to 15% is there because of the past. It's there to help that client. And if we're not doing it to help the client, then what the heck, you know, don't do it at all. You mean to tell me, Carrie, we shouldn't be placing half our clients as, oh, how about three quarters? Right? <laughs> that's exactly right. So so let me get something. So here, here's a little thought process for, for you, the listener today. If you do fixed index annuities or you do life insurance, how often do you reverse engineer how much you put into that FIA to create the income you want to pop out in, say, year 10? Client's going to retire 10 years from now. You, you calculate what it's going to take for the income rider to grow to that number. 
And then that shows you how much you need to put and allocate for that fixed index annuity, right? Same thing for life insurance that you're going to build for a, a potential tax-free income stream. You know, you reverse engineer those numbers. That's the allocation planning methodology you should use. But yet time and time again, Ryan, on the reports that I happen to see or through our conversations, you see the five and $10,000 sales, you know, come through. And while I guess it's maybe better than nothing. It's like, how how often would you put as an advisor $10,000 in an FIA? If I came to you, the advisor, and said, hey, you should start doing this. You should start talking to everybody about fixed index annuities. And if they've got an extra 10 grand in checking or savings, you should put that in a contract. You would look at me like I was crazy, you know, you because you would say, that is not going to do them any good. What good is that going to do them? You, you hit the nail on the head, Kerry. Uh, believe it or not, uh, we had a sale this week of $1,500 from an advisor from a client in Texas. It, <sighs> we're talking about 10%. Do you honestly think, and this is her first time purchasing this. It's not like she was adding to her position. Uh, do you honestly think that she she represents a total of $15,000? Well, of, of, of course not. But I can I can almost nearly guarantee this advisor just said, well, Mrs. Jones, you've got an extra $1,500 here in your, in your checking account. Let's put this into silver. Well, what this advisor was doing was more of a transactional approach versus, you know, actually solving a financial problem with with wealth insurance. So we need to completely transition our brain. If if that's kind of the mindset that you might fall your fall yourself or you know see yourself into, uh, we need to be more of a planning. It doesn't matter if you have a CFP next to your name. You could you <laughs> office here and be insurance only. Uh, you need to you need to reverse engineer. Uh, you need to, you know, um, the minimum transaction conversation shouldn't ever come up because you're not, you're not managing, you know, somebody's money that has $50,000 total in their nest egg. It, it just, it's just not worth your time. Yeah, it's exactly. Because, you know, these people are trusting you to be the guy in, and your job is to put forth, you know, and do your own due diligence, see what we mean, run some scenarios for yourself and go back and look at 2008 what would a 10% allocation in gold and silver have done for them in 2008? What would a 20% a 15? And you'll see uh, just using that one example, why that matters. You know, you could look at last year in March, you know, so they, people are looking to us as advisors to know what we're talking about. First of all, secondly, to give them good advice and be the guide. It's their option. If they want to pull you down from that, if they don't want to, you know, allocate the, the, the recommended allocation. So let's say that we've got somebody who's worth a million dollars and, you know, you have the internal fortitude as you should to do your job and, and put forth that recommendation that would be, let's say 10%, that'd be a hundred grand, right? So, Hey, Mr. Mr. Client, you know, here's what we found historically that 10% to 15, depending on the person in their situation, that 10% Allocation is a really good target to provide the wealth insurance we talked about. And, you know, you have that conversation. And then Ms. Jones says, well, Carrie, what if we started with 50? How about, you know, whatever number they say, they're, they're, they're not going to say 10. Because if they say 10, then you look, seriously, you look at them and say, well, you know, I, I appreciate that, Ms. Jones. But frankly, 10,000 10, is really not going to counterbalance hardly anything you have. You got a million dollars, you know. So, you know, what would you feel comfortable? Maybe we do 50 now, and then we do another 50 in a little bit, 
later to get you. You know, we just want to work towards that 10%. And so you just let her know what's going to help her, what's not going to help her. And, you know, it's, it's her money. She can choose to do what she wants, but she needs you, you know, it's kind of like that mechanic, right? You take your car in and he says, well, you know, I could do this repair here. It's 20 bucks, but you're probably going to be back in the shop again in a couple of weeks. If I just do that, you know, or, you know, it's kind of like buy once cry once, right. Or I can do this repair and then you're going to be good to go for another 50,000 miles. Okay. I'll shut up and get off my rant there, Ryan, but yeah. Well, you, you hit a, you hit a lot of points there, Carrie, which I, I, I wish, I, I wish we could all have that mindset. Uh, but that's some, you know, we have to, we have to transition and train our mindset to, to be able to act like that. Say, no, if, if the client goes, well, I want five grand, it, uh, you know, it, it, that doesn't make sense. If you have a half a million dollar house, you wouldn't want $25,000 of insurance from State Farm. It doesn't, I mean, that's not going to do anything for you if, if a peril event was to happen. So the bank but, would never lend you the money on that house. No, they wouldn't because because it doesn't make sound financial sense. Yeah. But but what you, what you unpack there, Kerry, is you, you just mentioned that cliche million dollar client well, you had to do a lot of legwork before that to get to know that you have a million dollars there. So you need to do your due diligence. You need to make sure that the the client puts all the pieces on the table, not that you're going to move all of them, especially if you're insurance only or whatever that might be. But in order to give the proper advice, that 10 to 15%, you need to know where the chips lie on the table. Otherwise, you can't do that. So we're just assuming at this point that you have already have done that. Um, so then once that's done, it just comes to being that leader of, uh, yes, you do that recommendation. They're not going to laugh at you. They're not going to, you know, uh, you know, throw you to the curb after that. That's your honest recommendation because of what Carrie said. Hey, look at the 2008 example. Look at the March of 2020 example. If this million dollar client, if they had $10,000 in gold and silver, what would that have done for them in 2008? Nothing. It wouldn't have done anything for them. It would. I mean, yeah, that ten thousand would have went up, but everything else went down appropriately. You know, it's a big net L. So that's that's my soapbox, Carrie. But that yeah, that- yeah. So we're not gold and silver peddlers here. Hello, you know, that's not what this is about. And so, just like we're, so you see, I hope the listener is is. I hope you guys out there and gals out there are hearing the fact that, you know, it's not 60 percent of their money. And it's not 0.1% of their money. You know, what, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to achieve the goal? And that's why that's where we get that 10 to 15% allocation from. And it's something, it's a methodology that is well thought out we'll, and therefore will stand up to scrutiny. And, you know, you just have to do enough work on your own to get that down in your heart and in your conviction, look at the numbers and where you feel comfortable. So no. that's pretty much it. Much it, yeah. And I mean, it, so Kerry, if we, if we were to sum this up for everyone here, uh, what would be your what would be your analysis of the sum up? Sum up. Yeah, it's gold and silver just should be an extension of your normal work, and as part of your normal work, you're already before you open your mouth as any kind of financial advisor, you should have an idea of what you're recommending into, what the fact pattern is, what's going on there. Otherwise, you're just trying to sell a policy. And just at the very minimum saying, you know, do you, can you afford this much per month or that kind of thing? So, you know, it's just an extension of that. And once you understand what they have, you're recommending other things, or maybe people you've already done business with, you go back and say, Hey, you know, things have continued to, to kind of heat up inflation wise, feds printing money. This is crazy times here. 
I've been thinking about this, wanted to revisit this with you because I've been learning some stuff myself and I wanted to share that with you. Boom. And you're off and running. No, that's, that's great. Um, I hope, I hope this helped for everyone here. Uh, you know, minimum transactions, it, it really should be a conversation because that's just not, yeah. not doing our job. Uh, we're happy to help every, every size case. You know, I, I, I know our, our youngest client here in the office here, Carrie is, is nine years old. You know, is he going to have a whole lot of, but no, you, you're happy to help. That's great wealth understanding, but that's not what we're after here. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of companies in your situation <clears throat> would put a lot higher minimum on these advisors. And I would just ask those who are listening to respect the fact that you have a lot of fixed costs, regardless of the size of the order. And so the lower it gets, the, you know, it's just really not even really worth you guys doing, but you do because that's your heart. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we understand the, I, I don't want to jump out of this podcast without saying the words, stick my toe in the water, right? How many times have you heard that? But what I want you to catch from earlier in this, in this podcast is what I said that you, you start with the appropriate amount of foot in the water in order to relieve the foot pain. Okay. Sticking the toe in the water is not going to relieve the foot pain, <laughs> but at least you start at the right place. And then the client can always do what they want to do and work with you accordingly. But yeah, that's, yeah. Sticking, sticking to, I, I love that example. I'm going to be using that carry. So thanks for letting me steal that. Cause I, I just had a client this week that is worth about $3 million. And yeah, so we, we did the recommendation of 300,000, but they're, they're sticking the foot in the water. Well, they're, they're sticking the foot in water with, with 50, you know, and that's, it's one of those starts, not, not 5,000, but 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for those listening, the, the homeowner's insurance is the best example that Ryan gave earlier. You would never just insure your house because see that gets the client thinking right down the middle of what you're even bringing this up for. You know, it's wealth insurance. It's not a get rich quick scheme. You know, it's a it's a fully liquid asset that should be looked at as a long term hold, that kind of thing. If you've heard me before, and so yeah, just just be be strong, be wise, and um, go forth and conquer. conquer. <laughs> Help these clients out, man. They need it. Who knows what's coming down the pike, right? So, thanks for listening, everybody. Ryan from Ryan and I uh, have a great day, and we'll see you in the next podcast. <laughs>